Hi, I'm Lauren Hassan, and this is The Developer Show, a career development podcast for tech women by tech women. My guest today is Joan Holman, who is the Chief Information Officer at Strasburger & Price, one of Texas's top law firms. In this episode, Joan and I are going to talk about her own career journey and the role networking and relationship building has played in her career. We'll get into why it's important to both network across industries and external to your role, in addition to developing deep connections in your field, as well as why it's important to take calls and develop relationships with recruiters, even if you aren't looking for your next role. We'll also cover how to negotiate for yourself based on the business value you provide and how you can get started today being a mentor to other tech women. Welcome to The Developer Show. Today, we have Joan Holman here with us, who is our guest of honor. Joan is the Chief Information Officer at Strasburger & Price, one of Texas's premier law firms. She's also held senior leadership roles at companies like Sigma Aldrich, a leading life sciences company, as well as Safety Clean and Ericsson. She holds a degree in mathematics and has been recognized by many organizations as a leading tech woman. I'm also fortunate enough to call Joan, one of my first mentors, which there's a story to that, which I'll share shortly. But first, let me welcome Joan. Joan, welcome. Thank you, Lauren. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm so thrilled to have one of my first mentors on board. It's fantastic to have you here, and thank you for joining us. And as our listeners know, the developer show is all about tech women like Joan having an open and candid conversation with me about their careers, the lessons learned, and how they got to where they are today. What many people don't realize is that you and I had a conversation almost two years ago to the day that made me realize that there is a need for top tech women to share their stories. And if you'll bear with me for just a minute, there's actually a neat story about how Joan and I met. About two years ago, we were both attending uh, this gala in town called the Tech Titans Gala. And it's for all the tech companies around town and sponsors and supporters. And I was a guest of one of the sponsors and Joan was there supporting one of the, the award winners. And I, my date and I were there early and the people who invited us hadn't yet arrived. And so we were just kind of milling around and we thought, you know, this is a really awesome opportunity to meet some important tech people. And so I walked up to Joan and her husband who were speaking with another couple and I found a way to break into the conversation, which is I offered to take their picture. And I struck up a conversation about taking their picture and was able to connect with her and I got her card and I followed up with her and simply asked for uh, to take her to lunch. And flash forward two years, uh, here Joan is on the developer show and she's what inspired me after hearing her story about her career path made me realize that not every tech woman who's at the top of their field had a straight path up, up the ladder and that we need to be more open and candid about how we got there. And that was how I had the idea for the developer show. So it's a true honor to have Joan here today uh, to tell her story. And with that, Joan, why don't you help us read between the lines in your career and tell us how you got to where you are today? Well, thanks, Lauren. And, and thanks for approaching and, and offering to take our picture. I'm, I'm thrilled that we've been able to develop a, a relationship. And I'm I'm honored that you consider me a mentor. Um, my career, I guess it hasn't taken a straight path. I've always been in the technology realm, but I didn't start out day one with a definitive plan and say, in so many years, I'm at this level. And so many years after that, I'm at that level. I've always had the position or the approach that 
I like to do things and take roles and have positions that interest me, where I can contribute and where I learn something. And I think by pulling those opportunities together or pulling those items together, it's created opportunities for me to have a fairly broad experience base. I've, I've seemingly in technology, I've done it all from infrastructure to app dev, from, you know, major system implementation to custom app development. So the entire spectrum on how you manage vendors, how do you outsource, how do you insource So I think having an approach where you're open to opportunities and evaluating them on what you personally can get from them in addition to what your contribution can be to the organization has really helped me get to where I am today. And so did you, were you always looking for that next role or was it a mix where maybe you got a kick in the pants to get out the door? What did that look like for you moving from opportunity to opportunity? Um, oftentimes the situations have presented themselves where I feel like I've done what I can do in a certain position and I start looking around and say, okay, what's next? Because I'm, I'm a continual learner and I like to be challenged. So I always want to look for what's happening next. And for me, many things have come because I've kind of lifted my head out, started looking around and somebody's approached me or I've approached somebody and said, oh, wow, that's great. I have had, as most of us will through the, the course of our career, some some opportunities present themselves because of situations where it was, you know, I have had been part of groups where the executive was, you know, resigned or was no longer with the company. So you have to take a change. And, and how do you handle that change? Do you step up to the plate and say, I'm going to do whatever I can to make the group successful? Or do you take a different approach? So there's definitely been those situations along the way that they give you an opportunity to assess who you are and what you want to be, want to do and how do you get there. And I love how you're always having your radar on. And that, that's how we met is you were out in the community and always connecting with other women. And so talk to me and talk to, to us about the role networking relationship building plays in your career development. And I view networking as really important from a career perspective. And and I think it goes beyond just a career perspective. It can be very satisfying personally and all quite honestly, it can help you in current roles and in current positions. If you've got a strong network and you know people, and I'm I'm a big fan of networking across industries, across functions, across groups. I don't necessarily want to network with people that are in the same space that I am that have a similar type of role. There's value in that, but there's also value in talking to somebody that is, you know, I'm in a professional services organization. That's great. Let me talk to somebody who has heavy supply chain. What do they do? What are their challenges? What can I learn from them? What can I take from what they're doing and potentially apply in my industry and my function? So I think it's important to have that breadth of kind of that's one way to to quote unquote gain experience that's not yours but to have that breadth of connections across the board and you never know when you can help somebody out you know I talk to people and they say who do you know that provides good telecom services or can who can help you with your business continuity plans 
some of those things are not industry specific. I also think there's a lot of value in networking external to your function. So I belong to some of the organizations that are not targeted to just IT. IT is one portion of it, but they're also, they have marketing and sales and HR and operations, a variety of groups in those organizations. And especially, I think, as you progress through your career, that's one way that you can really expand your footprint and have opportunities presented to you when you know more people. Because oftentimes, if you're an executive, you know, a CIO is not hiring another CIO. You need to know the HR VP, you need to know the CEO, you need to know the COO. And if you really work and brand yourself and network from a broader perspective, you can help yourself. So I think you need to go deep within your function and also broad across. So a bit of a T. That is such great advice at, at the senior level, but it's also applicable even at the more junior level in building influence within the organization. And it draws me back to my early days in app development where I didn't just confine myself to the mobile development team, but I got to know people across the organization so that when, say, someone in business development had a technical question, I was their point person. And so people across the organization knew me because I made a point to get to know other people. And therefore, that took me places in my career that had I not gone for the breadth, like you're talking about, my career would not have progressed at the the, the rate that it, that it did. And I think that's such fantastic advice to always be thinking outside of your vertical or outside of your lane, because that's where you're going to pull in innovation. And that's part of your role as the chief information officer is always make sure you're at the front of the field. And sometimes that the front of the field isn't isn't yet paved yet for your vertical and you have to pull it in from the outside. And I love how you look at that. Absolutely. I think I think it's critical. And another great opportunity about kind of networking in that way and having the breadth is you may know somebody. So the sales organization is looking for a great resource. You may know somebody. You may be able to help fill a spot, solve a need that goes beyond just developing technical skills or aptitude or a tool or a technical solution. But you may say, hey, you're looking for that sales manager. Let me introduce you to somebody I know that has that skill set. And, you know, by helping other people, fundamentally, I believe you end up helping yourself as well. Absolutely. And I think that dials back into where recruiters call. And I know as an engineer, I get recalls from recruiters all the time. And I know some people who just don't like those calls. But you actually take a different approach to it, which is in line with the information gathering that you're talking about with this T. And I'd love for you to tell us more about how you work in sourcing leads from recruiters, even when you're not looking for yourself. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer when the the recruiters call, especially when they've they've got opportunities. I always try to take the call, and that's for a couple reasons. I may be very satisfied and not looking for something, but I typically always know somebody who is looking, and I may be able to help somebody out. And it also helps me continue to have a pulse on the market and what's really happening in the market at a very kind of personal level. What kinds of roles? are available, what skills are people looking for, what are the hot skills in technology. And then and that shifts and changes. We've all seen, you know, this year 
cyber's big and AI and business intelligence. In two years from now, it's going to be something different. In talking to recruiters and people who do placements at an executive level and mid-tier level and things like that, that really gives you a feel for what's happening in the marketplace that can help you understand how do you need to manage your organization and your resources. And then you may actually come across something that says, you know, I'm not a fit for that, but I know somebody who would be a good candidate. And then again, you're helping each other out that builds long-term relationships. And so when you are in a position to say, oh, it's time for me to start looking, over time you built relationships with people that can be very beneficial. There are so many good nuggets in there. I actually want to unpack three of them, which is the first that you talked about, which is essentially what goes around comes around and you're building those relationships and you build relationships by providing value to others. And that's essentially what you're doing here is by constantly keeping your radar on and taking calls from recruiters, you are you are acting as a hub or a spoke to provide value to others and those around you that could eventually come back to help you in your career. Absolutely. It really does kind of come back to help you. And and they also know that you're, you know, you're going to give good information. If you have good recommendations or referrals, that increases how you, the quality with which you're viewed. You know, if you're like, oh, I can count on Joan. She always gives me good names. That helps when they're looking at me for a position. Absolutely. And the, that actually ties into the two other key elements, which is the reason I always take calls from recruiters. Always. Uh, and that, it takes a lot of time. I'll be honest. I spend a lot of time on the phone. You know, maybe one in 250 calls are, maybe will be a lead that's going to be of interest to me. But here's what I get from the other stuff. And I bet you're getting the same is you're getting market information about what skills, like you said, are valuable at the time so that you know what is worthwhile investing in your career. And I'll, I'll give an example of this from my own career that I shared with you over uh, breakfast that we had a couple weeks ago is I'm not currently looking. I have a fantastic job. I'm doing living my dream job. But I also know that I'm young enough that this isn't going to be my last job. And I know that mobile development isn't going to be going on forever. So I'm already looking to what's next. I want to kind of skate to where the pocket uh, is going, not where it is. And so I was per, uh, speaking on a panel uh, for women in tech here in Dallas, and it was put on by a, a networking and recruiting firm. And I took time to step aside and talk to the managing director of this recruiting firm. And I asked him a simple question. I said, what are the hot technologies that one, there aren't enough people of, and two, people will pay any value for or pay any price for? And they said, like you said, cyber, uh, cybersecurity and IoT. And from there, uh, through a series of questions that I asked at my company, just from a simple conversation with a recruiter, I'm already being trained on cybersecurity at a financial company for the next stage in my career just because of a simple conversation. And so it's the power of those questions and just a two-minute conversation with a recruiter could have, could be that one degree that changes the trajectory of your career. And it sounds like you are actively involved in gathering that information on a continual basis. It's not an event-driven type uh, of relationship. Absolutely. And it's I guess it's from a couple of perspectives as well. One is for me personally to understand that. But another is when I look at the team and my team internally, 
and what skills we have, what skills do we need to work on? If I'm hiring, what skills do I need to evaluate and really do? What, you know, it helps on the innovation, what's coming. So I think there's a lot of info that you can gain from those conversations that can be um, very beneficial. Absolutely. For me, I consider it part of my career to have those conversations. And if those first two reasons aren't enough, you know, the third one is something near and dear to my heart is it helps you in negotiation because you know, it's hard to ask a recruiter, you should, but it's hard when you're asking for yourself, what's, what's the budget, what's the comp for this role. But when you're asking in the context of let me help make sure I get the right person to you, can you arm me with information for example, title and comp, that I can make sure I get the right person to you, it's a lot easier to ask when you're not asking for yourself. And then you also have market data on how much those roles pay for without the pressure of asking for yourself, which leads me into something I really want to talk to you about because you have this fantastic story about negotiation and a conversation you have with a pricing consultant. So I'm just going to put it right there and let you take it from there. Yeah, I was actually talking with a, excuse me, a pricing consultant, and she works with organizations to make sure they adequately price their their material, what they are selling, whether it's professional services or a true physical good or what. So it's all about how do you price. And of course, pricing is a big evaluation on value. You know, because you can you've hear, heard the old adage, what you know, what's something worth? Well, what somebody going to pay for it and that's what it's worth so it was interesting when I was talking with her that she was actually commenting that she had to take a step back and she had to go through the process herself internally on the services that she was providing and was she adequately pricing the services that she was providing to other organizations And she came to the realization in her role with her experience and what she was able to do that, no, she was not. She was actually underpricing herself. So it's easy when that's even in your realm, what that's the work you do, how easy it is to lose sight of your value in the marketplace. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind and understand what that is. You know, you need to understand what you can bring to the table, what contributions, what skills, expertise, experience you have and you can make and where that fits. What's the value of that to an organization? I think it's so important. And that's a neat story that it comes from someone who I think it's a cool title, pricing consultant. And that's a unique perspective because So often we get into, well, what's it budgeted for? or What's the salary range? And when I've been most effective in negotiating is when I focus on the value that I'm going to bring, and that value actually solves the problem. And that's essentially what your pricing consultant was getting at is that she, the the value that it brings to the organization of the problems that she's solving, she was underpricing herself for. And I think that's a really important mental shift that we as tech women need to make is that we're not a cost. It's that we are solving a business problem and that business problem has a business value on top of it. Absolutely. Especially when you look at, unfortunately, women are still paid less than men in general. That's not a every place kind of rule, but in general, women are still paid less than men for comparable work and things like that. I think really understanding your value 
and being able to negotiate and define that to an organization is really important. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll put a little teaser right here. I am working on a course just for tech women on negotiation. That'll be coming out later this year. Um, but that's something that's so important is that it, it's not a transaction where there's a set fee and that everything is everything is flexible and you have to really keep your eye on your mindset and your mindset is driven by what you think internally that your value is. Absolutely. So you need to have a good handle on it. And, and all of us have our, our strong points and our less than strong points. I don't know that I like to call them weaknesses, but we all have strengths. And just understanding what where you are kind of on that spectrum. What are my strengths? What am I really good at? What value do I bring to an organization? And where are areas that I need other people to fill those gaps? Because that's not my strength. And most typically, that's not something I really enjoy doing either. But it's important for all of us to know ourselves well enough to be able to make those assessments. Absolutely. And I want to pivot on knowing your strengths and filling the gaps just a little bit to close with something that I know is near and dear to your heart. Uh, you are involved with a number of tech women and tech girls organizations uh, where you bring your strengths to the table. And I know that you have a call or an ask for our, our listeners to get involved as well. Absolutely. My ask is to for people to get involved in your local community. There are numerous groups and organizations in every city, I think every city around the country, not even just major metropolitan areas, but every city around the country that really can focus on getting involved in your local community. How can you give back? You know, my one of the areas I like to give back is girls STEM education. Women are un underrepresented in this um, industry, and we need to change that model. I firmly believe that we can develop better solutions if we have a more diverse group at the table talking through what do the solutions need to be? How do we get there? What are the barriers? How do we overcome those barriers? And how we get more diverse people at the table is to start early and get girls involved young in their education so that they get excited about technology and STEM and they can follow that through, you know, high school, college, into their careers. And that's what we need to do. So I'm involved in a couple of groups that are helping to do that. One is Girl Start, which works, helps teach STEM subjects in a very fun area in an after school, after school program primarily for young girls in elementary and middle school. And then also I'm involved, um, starting to become involved, more involved with Girl Scouts, who is taking a big push and a big effort on STEM as well, understanding the impact that organization can have on young women and really improving and making STEM exciting and really opening eyes to say, yes, you can have a career in this, you can be an, an engineer and a CIO and anything you want to be. And they've actually added uh, over 20 new STEM-related badges, if I'm not mistaken. So they definitely are on, on that track. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really exciting. And it, it's a big focus. And, and I think it's great. I think there's many groups doing it, but we need every single one of them. So wherever each of you can reach out and join in and help move that forward, I think the benefits 
will be tenfold from our investment. Absolutely. Everyone's contribution counts. And the more we contribute, the more impact we can have. So Joan, thank you so much for being here today. We greatly appreciate your insight. And thank you so much. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our mailing list to receive updates on new episodes and other fun goodies. And until the next episode, make today better than good.